sacrifice that you made and taking the time to do that. Uh, we are in a series called Money Talks, and when we say that money talks, we normally think um, that money wields power either in business to get our way or to make progress in business, or that it, it really gives us the ability to get what we want personally in life. So in those ways, money, money talks in the world today. Um, in this series, what we're looking at is how money talks about you, what it, what it tells us about ourselves, and how you manage your money that reveals uh, what's important to you at the core. Our money, our money management, money is very close to our heart, and it's important to us. And so the way it is, our, our money goes in the direction that our heart is looking. We're, we're looking in a certain direction, our heart's pointed that way, and our money follows toward the things that are most important to us. Every financial step that we take, uh, it, 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 every financial decision we make is a step that we take, and steps always take you in a direction. You may be going in circles or... You may be heading off this way or that way, but every step, every decision is moving us in a direction. A thousand steps takes you to some kind of destination, so you, you, you get somewhere. And the, the steps we're taking are either on a wise path or, or a foolish path, and these two paths have very different destinations. Uh, this is the perspective you see in Proverbs. Proverbs 3.17, wisdom is personified as a woman uh, in several chapters in Proverbs. Proverbs is all about getting wisdom. It's all about how, how you, you know, your attitudes toward life and the choices you make and how important and critical wisdom is. And in several of the chapters, she's personified as a woman. And here she is. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Literally, delight. Wisdom brings delight to life. It's a very, very valuable thing. And all her paths are peace. Wise financial decisions are steps toward pleasantness and peace. And in fact, along the path of wisdom, you experience pleasantness and peace. Delight. It's along that way. Is this where you are financially right now? Are you experiencing pleasantness and peace? Is this, is this what you're finding? Are you delighted uh, and at peace with your current condition financially? Money is talking to us. It's telling us which path we're on. If we're listening to it, if we're paying attention to it, it's, it's showing us our path. I'm, I made a foolish decision uh, way back, a couple decades ago, uh, to buy a car that I couldn't afford on payments, uh, 60 payments to be exact. And it was a brand new car that had just entered the market here in America. It's from another country. And I was sure that I had the jump on everybody else, and I realized this is the next big thing right here, this car. Happened to fit my, really didn't fit my budget, but at least it was less expensive than other cars I could have bought at the time. It was our only car. It was the only car we had, and uh, we, we had that car when we moved here to start the church. That was 26 years ago, and um, it 
it needed a complete overhaul at 57,000 miles. And guess who did the overhaul? <laughs> a friend of mine who knew what he was doing and myself. I just, <laughs> great, you know, 57, I hadn't even paid the thing off. I was buried by this decision. Um, 5,000 miles later, it needed another overhaul. Probably because I was involved in the work that was done on the first one. To say the least, that was not a path of pleasantness and peace. No delight there. That was a foolish decision. I made a foolish decision that caught up with me. That's, that's what happens. I was trapped by it. And in His mercy, God delivered me. He, he delivered me, but, but not until I had suffered a little while. <laughs> I had suffered. On the path of folly, what, what happens is we're chased by reality. Reality is chasing us, and sooner or, later, uh, sooner or later, foolish decisions kept up with us, or catch up with us, and they wreck havoc in our lives. Our, uh, we have no delight in, in those decisions. This, this is the way it works. It's, it's a horrible thing to be chased by reality. And especially in our finances, there really isn't much give in the way they work. <laughs> There's not a lot of flexibility. I mean, certain amount of money comes in, and in our day, we have the ability to spend more than our income. But over time, if we keep doing that, we end up in a heap of trouble. And we're, the whole time we're being chased by reality, and we may not realize it, but we are. And along that path is a lot of struggle. So today what we're going to do, we're going to take a scan of God's wisdom in the financial arena. We're going to dig in and take a scan of it and uh, really try to understand the big picture. And then we're going to provide some things at the beginning of next year and then in February, um, we're going to have a seminar, and then we're going to have some groups that will allow us to really dig in and go into more detail in these areas. But today, we're going to take a scan. Uh, when financial stress is weighing on us, the key is not trying harder uh, or, or beating ourselves up about the decisions we've made, but the key is to turn to outside perspective for help, to turn and try to find help. When we stay inside our own head uh, and focus on our problems without knowing how to move forward, we're, we're in real trouble. So it's a good thing that God wants to help us. He, he wants to help us. He's the owner of everything in the universe who gives. We looked at that last week. He's the owner who gives. He, he wants us to be stewards of our finances. And the way that we manage or steward our finances determines whether or not we experience pleasantness or delight and peace. And so we're going to dig in. It turns out that growing in God's wisdom is the path to financial peace. Look at 20, uh, Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. God wants us to be wise managers who have the most accurate picture of what to do with all that we've been given. The promise of wisdom here is deliverance. Uh, not just feeling better, 
not just experiencing warm emotions, but actually deliverance from bondage, freedom from shame, guilt, and discouragement. Th- those are the things that flow when bad decisions catch up, catch up with you. Shame, guilt, discouragement. I, I, I've been there, and I've been there financially. You overspend and you get in debt to the point where you can't cover the bills next month, the payments the next month, then it starts rolling forward, you keep spending, you keep spending, and you get buried in a crater that you cannot crawl out of. God's given boundaries for life, and there, there's never, you know, I think finances is one of the places where you see the boundaries very clearly. He, he's given these boundaries. The wise stay within these boundaries. His laws and principles that you find in Scripture, things that we're going to dig into, they're like guardrails that keep you on the path of pleasantness and peace. They keep you inside of it. The foolish ignore the boundaries. They create their own path or they go off-road, and they end up in a ditch or worse. And so staying on his path inside of his boundaries really important for experiencing the life that God wants us to experience. In the book of Proverbs, as I said, getting wisdom is the major focus, and Here's something about wisdom that you see there. In Proverbs 8, 17, again, she's personified as a woman. She says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Now, this is something crucial to understand about God and the way he works. Because God is very gracious. He's very kind. He's very loving. But wisdom is not. And wisdom is crying out to us here. If you work with me and seek me out, you'll find me and my way will bless you. But notice that she only loves those who love her. Wisdom is not so gracious. And wisdom reflects the boundaries that God has built into life. And they're sort of like a cement divider on the freeway. I mean, you can get past it, but boy, what happens when you're going past typically is there's a lot of flipping and crashing and it's not pretty. You you can get past the boundaries, you can go past the boundaries, but you really hurt when you do, when you keep making those choices. The wise realize that they need to do life God's way and stay inside those boundaries, or they'll continue on a path of frustration. Because reality, God's reality, doesn't change. It, it stays the same. It's, it's always constant. And he's built the principles and the laws of reality into life. In his grace, he wants to give us the wisdom so that we can learn his ways, so that we can stay inside the boundaries and find his blessing and work with him, not against him. Uh, with these boundaries that he's, he's created. So to gain wisdom in any area, especially finances, you have to find the right source for guidance. Very, very important to find the right source. You need trustworthy guidance that will show you reality. Not, not tell you what you want to hear, but will show you reality. I'd like you to watch this video clip with me uh, from the movie Rat Race. I haven't actually seen the whole movie, but I was at a conference this week and uh, saw this uh, clip. It's a great illustration of of how we need to watch out for the source of guidance we're getting. Let's watch this together. 
No, thank you. We're looking for the interstate. Uh, I get that a lot because of the detour. <laughs> oh, now they've lost their way. Now they can't go home. <laughs> you sure you don't want one? We're sure, thank you. Oh, they make Cracker Jack pets. I taught this one to shake hands. He's not for sale, though. Hey, who wants to go home with the nice ladies, huh? Oh, pick me, pick me. Oh, don't be afraid. I don't bite. What's your name, pretty lady? <laughs> Vera. <laughs> Ma'am, uh, really, we're not interested. Well, I'm not talking to you, Emma. I'm talking to Vera. What about Bucky here? He just loves to climb the trees and eat the nuts. Ma'am, we do not want a squirrel. Now, do you or do you not know where the interstate is? Well, of course I do. I'm not retarded. Tell him about the shortcut. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Bucky. <laughs> I almost forgot. There's a dandy shortcut. It'll bring you right to exit 14. It'll save you 30 miles. Oh. <clears throat> okay, now listen carefully. You want to go straight down here, exactly 1.8 miles. 1.8. And you make a left at the Totem Pole Ranch. Go 5.4 miles. I'm going to go up a big hill, and you'll see a big yellow sign with some graffiti on it. There's a little dirt road. Take that on the right. It'll take you right to the interstate. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you. wait a minute. Take some nuts with you, just in case you see a squirrel. Okay. Oh. Oh, oh, okay, we're at 2.4 miles. There's the yellow sign with the graffiti. Turn right. I see it. You see it? I see it. Oh, I just love this. This is like a treasure hunt. Okay, there, there is an incredibly important lesson behind that clip right there. Okay, pay attention to who's giving you the directions, who you're getting the guidance from, because they may have an agenda. They, they may not have your best interests at heart as they give the directions. So we have to watch that. We have to make sure the source of guidance is trustworthy. Um, squirrel salesman there is, is sort of like the marketers, the media. You know, they, they don't have your best interest at heart as they want you to get your wallet out and buy whatever it is they're trying to convince you to buy. And so, very, very important thing. Guidance for growing wisdom comes from two main sources. God's Word, first of all, Scriptures provide the framework for how to handle life, and the Bible provides very specific and helpful advice related to God's view of things, and since He's the owner, that's the important view. There are, are over 2,000 verses on money and possessions in the Bible. There's about 500 on prayer. So God, God knows how close this is to our heart. He knows how much it speaks to the core of who we are. And so he provides guidance and help. Uh, wise people are the other source. Uh, those who have lived God's way, those who understand God's ways, they can be a real help. Wise people are, are living illustrations that God's ways work. And so if you find someone who's, who's living that out, 
they're living exhibits uh, that paint a picture of the way that God works and brings blessing. So that, that's a shortcut. That's a true shortcut, okay? That, that shortcut on the video, <laughs> not too great. But getting into God's Word lays out the principles and talking things over with wise people who've lived these things out. It's, it's the only legitimate shortcut in life is to learn to be coachable and teachable from the people around. The Bible can provide us, though, with uh, an accurate picture of wisdom's way of handling money. The wise person considers God's ways, makes plans, and then executes according to God's ways. The, the Bible shows us the destination of those who handle money wisely. Proverbs 21.20 Precious treasure and oil are in the wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. So it's not there. Foolish, use it all up. There's nothing left. But the wise, there's precious stores in their house. It's a great summary of wisdom and folly and action related to our finances. The wise, receives, the wise receives blessing through obedience and has something to build on. The fool devours what they have and they're left with nothing. Nothing at all. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'd like to just look at the overview of what Scripture says uh, related to finances. Like I said, we're going to spend more time in these in the seminar in January and uh, in the financial peace groups we'll be having in February. But here's basically what it says. First of all, get out of debt. Debt limits our freedom. Uh, when we're deep in debt, we can get buried really quick. God, God doesn't want us to be a slave to anything. And when you get into debt, you're presuming on your future. And so we're not going to look at a lot of the passages that talk about this, but there's specific guidance in Scripture. Don't get buried by debt and don't be a slave to it. Secondly, <clears throat> create a budget and live within your means. A, a budget is the best way to know where your money is going and what condition you're in, and then to determine where it should go. And so Scripture says that we need to be prudent. We need to be using forethought, looking ahead, and trying to figure out uh, the best way to, to take the income that we have and live within the means that God's provided. And then the Scripture also says, another big category, save and invest. Saving helps you handle unexpected expenses, Challenges, needs. Proverbs says that the prudent see danger. That's a prudence is is a component of wisdom, and it just means that you look ahead, that you're thinking ahead. You you see the danger, and you prepare for it. You you know you know it's coming, and you get ready for it. Uh, without savings, especially savings for emergencies. Unexpected circumstances can lead to more debt and becoming dependent on others to, to get help out of that. And sometimes we end up there. Sometimes we end up in a situation where we need help, and that's, that's okay. But as a pattern, the Scripture says we need to be paying our own way, handling our own finances in a way that we're able to handle what life is bringing our way. Investing is also crucial. There's some guidance in Scripture that says we need to be investing for the future, uh, using our money to, <clears throat> to grow it. 
it's, this is a crucial aspect of blessing the next generation. Um, and this is the key to thinking beyond yourself. You know, the fool devours it all. Just eats it all up. Uses everything they get. But a wise person, Scripture says, a righteous person actually leaves an inheritance for their children. They leave something for them. They bless them that way. So, saving and investing are an important perspective of how to handle our money in Scripture. And then finally, uh, it, it, we're going to look at this, I believe it's next week, uh, discovering the joy of giving and generosity. We'll go over this in more detail. But giving back to God is actually essential because it's the key response to being a steward of God's goodness to us and resources. Giving uh, keeps our hands open with what we've been given instead of clenching our fists around our riches and our resources for ourselves. This is not earth-shattering information. <laughs> you may be surprised or not that it's found in Scripture. These, this is a scan of God's perspective on how to handle our money. It's, it's clear, makes perfect sense. You know, I've got to have a plan. At least the way I am, I don't know about I have to have a plan or I'm going to spend way more than I get. <laughs> because my heart wants stuff. My heart wants shiny, expensive stuff, okay? That you can either drive or do cool things with. You know, I get into that. Not earth-shattering that we need to... Um, have a budget, live within it, save, all those things, get out of debt. But we, we, need, we need help to get our heart in the right condition, in the right place. We, we really need help. I do. I need help to stay on track, to stay on the path of pleasantness and peace. And so let's look at how we do that. How, how do we do that? Jesus had some... Great things to say about this in Matthew 6. We looked at some of the passage last week, um, and here's in, in Matthew 6, 24. Basically, he says, surrender to God and serve him. As you're struggling in your heart of hearts with the wants, or with money driving the direction of your life, we need to make a choice to surrender. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Without realizing it, our financial choices can put us in a real bind and in a situation where we're serving money. We've used our money in a way that presumes on our future, and now we're a slave to paying this off or we're a slave to a lifestyle that we've tried to live up to that we really couldn't fit in. And we're struggling. We're serving money. To despise the other, it says, you have to make a choice. You can't serve God and money. You have to choose one because you're either going to hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. And to despise there means to look down on, to think little of. And that, that's what we do when we are wrapped up in the stuff we want and a certain lifestyle that we want to live, a certain way of going at life. 
we look down on the things that are really important to the heart of God and important to him and God himself. So we have to make a choice. It may, it may not seem like, as you're in your lifestyle, that you're despising God, but depending on how tight the grip money has on us, we may not be able to look God in the face on the issue. We may not want to know what the Scripture says about money because we're afraid we sort of have a sense of what it's going to say. And so we, we don't really want to get into it. And so if that's the case, turn to him. I want to encourage you, turn to him. Admit that you've managed poorly. Commit to change and ask him for help to lead you out. Surrender to God and his way. That's the first step on the path of wisdom. First step, surrender. God, I've tried it my way. I can't get my heart in line with what's important to you. Would you help me do that? Because I know your, your ways are pleasant, peaceful. There's delight there. I, I want to experience that. Our, our money is telling us who's the real boss in our lives. We really can't serve two masters. We, we have to choose one or the other. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Christ, to follow him, to God as boss. It could be that you're here and you're really tired of serving money. You've been trying to keep up this lifestyle. You've been running from behind. You feel like reality is chasing you. Maybe it's caught up with you at times. You've, you've served money and you want to be done with that. For the first time, give your life to Christ and allow Him to lead you. We'd like to know. If you, if you want to make that decision, we'd love to help you with that. If you're already following Jesus, it's very easy to, to sort of slide back into the lifestyle where money is it. If you slip back, surrender. Following Jesus means that we keep surrendering. We, we keep, we, we come to an intersection where my desires and God's desires are, are going to run into each other. They're going to clash. I surrender mine. Romans 12, 1, 2. That's, how, that's really what's at the heart of worship. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, this isn't on the outline, or it won't be on the screen, but I appeal, appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is something we do over and over and over again. I heard a guy say, problem with living sacrifices is they keep crawling off the altar. We crawl off the altar, and we've got to get back on. We've got to keep surrendering. We've got to keep giving ourselves to God in the moment. And so if you're following Jesus and you found yourself veering off the path toward your old ways, your own ways, and your own desires, surrender. Surrender is the first step on the path of wisdom. Proverbs actually says, it, it, it refers to it as uh, fear of the Lord. Surrender, fear of the Lord. You, you take him so seriously that you stop living life your way and you begin living life God's way. That's what it means to fear God. You, you do life his way. And so, this is, this is crucial in all of our lives, every aspect of our life, but particularly in finances. Surrender is the first step on the path of wisdom in any area, and especially 
and finances. Don't delay. Don't put it off. We don't know how long we have, five days, five weeks, five years, 550 left, who knows. But if we're in bondage, Jesus is the way out. If, if we're caught, he offers freedom from the bondage that we're experiencing in every area of life. And especially, in, in, it's a, because what happens is when you decide to follow Christ, he gives you the power to break free from your old nature, the old way of living, and from the bondage that the enemy Satan has, has kept us in. He, he gives us the power to break free from these things. And he shows us how to experience joy and peace and delight on, on the path of wisdom. So I, I wish it was five easy steps uh, to dealing with our finances in a way, but that's not what God offers. He says, if you surrender to me, I will walk with you in every area of your life, and I will show you the way out. I will give you the power, and I will show you the way out. Second key to staying on wisdom path is to be diligent to always know my financial condition. And this is something else that makes sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. If you're going to, you got to know where your finances are in order to know what you need to do to handle them rightly. Some of us are tempted, though, to handle our money from a distance. This is my native temptation. I'm growing out of it. Uh, but we want to handle our, our money from a distance. It's much easier just to not think about where you're at. You know, don't look at the credit card statements. Don't add up all the balances to every account that you have so you can see what you really owe or where you really are or whether you do actually have more money than you don't <laughs> have. Um, never balance the checkbook, never reconcile the bank account. All that takes time. Sounds so much, sounds like, sounds like a lot of work. And so it's a lot easier just to live in denial, you know, let's just forget about that, at least in the short run, and then reality starts chasing, and we get caught. Till we actually start paying attention to our finances, nothing changes. Look at Proverbs 27. Know well the condition of your flock. Shepherds knew their flocks. They knew, they knew the sheep, each of their sheep by faith, their face. They, tell, they gave them names. They knew their flock. And so as they, they, they shepherded, uh, because this is their livelihood. This is, this is how they live. This is their, really their business. They were entrepreneurs. And they knew the condition of their flock. They knew them by face, by name. Uh, they had distinct characteristics. They could tell if something was going wrong because they knew the condition of their flocks. It says, give attention to, their, to, to your herds. The future offspring of their herds, which is their livelihood, <laughs> depended on um, careful attention given in the present because if a disease or a problem began to run through the flock, it's over. It's financial disaster. The same is true with our finances. Riches, it says, for riches do not last forever. Eventually, poor manage management catches up to all of us. And a crown does not endure to all generations. So we've got to give attention to our herds, to our flocks, to our financial condition. It says, know well the condition. Literally, the condition, condition means the front, the head, the face. 
the shepherds paid attention to this. And then he says, give attention, which combines a couple of words, which means engage your mind and your heart in, in your financial condition. It, it means get both of those in on what's going on here. Pay attention. This is, the, this is a very crucial step. You start taking a, a detailed account of things. First step, surrender to God. Let Him take control. Determine that I'm just a steward of what God's provided. I'm just managing the resources He's given me. And then, know well the condition. Understand. Pay attention to the details of your finances. And then, let God lead you. And, and get help from wise people if you're in a bind. Get, get help. That seminar will help. Financial Peace is full of some guidance for handling these things well. When we involve our heart, all sorts of things show up, all sorts of emotions, anger, fear, anxiety, depression. That's really why we want to keep a distance from where we're at. Just as those start to overwhelm you, overtake you, as reality begins to catch up, now's the time to ask God for help. Go to Him, ask Him for help. Get the guidance that He wants to give. Go to the source who can give the guidance that we really need. He made us. He created life to work the way it does. Go to God himself and then people who walk in wisdom as you go. I'd like to wrap up the message today uh, like we do always, looking at some next steps. What are some next steps that we can take? I'd like you, if you would, to take your connection card out of the program again and, and look at it. And there are some suggestions for me. There may be some steps that God has Laid, laid on your heart and mind to take, but as the band takes their place on the stage, uh, let's think about this. You, you may feel like you're a long way from pleasantness and peace financially. Long journey begins with a single step, the very first step. Which of these will you take this week? One of them would be to memorize Proverbs 27, 23, and 24. Know well the condition of your flocks. Give attention to your herds, for riches don't last forever, and, and does a crown endure to all generations? No, it doesn't. Um, so you may want to memorize that to remind you to be diligent in knowing where you're at. Secondly, if you haven't yet ever committed your life to follow Christ as boss and as Lord, for the first time, I will trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. Let us know that. We'd really love to help you in that decision. And then... Uh, you may want to circle one of these, focus my effort to wisely pay off debt um, or develop a budget or create a savings plan or grow in giving. You may be at different places. I'm sure we all are. And what do I want to focus on right now? What's my next step to, to deal with? And then finally, uh, we'd love to know, you, if you haven't last week, if you didn't express interest in attending these uh, circle as many as uh, or check both of them if you'd like to be involved in both but we're trying to get a a gauge on who would be interested in the seminar and then who would be interested in the small groups as well that are coming up after the first of the year that would really be helpful to us if you'd let us know that so glad you're here let's pray 
Father, we thank you so much for your kindness to us. You, you don't just leave us hanging, but God, you draw close if we'll look to you and ask you, invite you in. So Father, I pray for your help as we, as we think about what you said to us and as we consider our next steps. Give us the power to take the steps that please and honor you, dear God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You stood before creation Eternity, your hand